Welcome to Real Herbalism Radio. Real herbs, real life, real easy. Now, a word from our sponsor. This show is brought to you by Occupy Medical. Free integrated healthcare for all, Sundays 12 to 4 in downtown Eugene, Oregon. Welcome to Herb Lab. Today we discuss our early learning experiences with herbs, living and living skills we've learned through our past relatives and teachers, a conversation inspired by Anna Bradley. In Herbal 101, we'll talk about poisonous mushrooms and their effect on herbs in their fruiting area. Now here are your hosts, Candace Hunter and Sue Sierra Lupe. I'm Candace Hunter. And I'm Sue Sierra Lupe. And, and welcome, welcome to Real Herbalism Radio. Radio. That was a great lab. That was a great lab. Man, That's a lot to think about. Yeah, her podcast. We we had that great interview with Anna Bradley and the kind of stuff that she was talking about was really it, it, there's a lot of thought-provoking stuff out there, and it's nice to have a chance to talk about it. It was, yeah. You know, I got back out. Patrick and I got out into the woods just this last week mm-hmm. after talking with her. Yeah. And we took the time to just sit quietly, Patrick, myself, and Jasper, our giant black dog. Yeah. And we does all just Jasper sat there. sit quietly? He does, actually. Really? After being asleep? At a certain point, he sat, and we all were sitting there, and it was a surprisingly busy day in the woods in that we'd seen... Quite a few cars, not logging trucks, but cars. And this was the middle of the week. Uh-huh. So it was the last time, you know, normally it's really, really quiet yeah. outside of logging trucks. And so we we're out there and we're sitting there and we could hear in the distance-ish, like the mid-distance, we could hear something. And we weren't really sure what it was. I'm fairly certain it was probably a dog that because eventually we heard um, that whistle sound that people make that I can't do. Can either of you die, do like I'm not going to do it over the, the radio yeah. because Patrick will uh, <laughs> yeah, accuse me of peeking. It's that come here, boy kind of thing. Yeah, that come here, like, come here, boy kind of sound. Yeah. So we heard that. It was just someone whistling. And then we didn't hear the sounds of the rustling around that we had been hearing. Mm -hmm. So I kind of think a dog was fairly close to us, but not close enough to realize we were really that close. Right. And probably not close enough to realize that not only were we that close, but our dog was also with us that close. Nice. So, but either way, it was interesting. We're sitting out there and I was thinking, wow, in an apocalyptic situation, I can see where being in the woods if there's zombies coming at you, it could be somewhat disconcerting. <laughs> yes. You know, as you paint that scenario, disconcerting is, is a very mild way of describing it. Yeah. Well, there's not a lot of motion room to move. You know, no, if somebody's no. coming at you, you don't have a lot of space to swing a weapon. Or, right. True. You know, it's, it's fairly close. Yes. So it's like, huh, how would you fight that? I mean, if it's one of the slow-moving zombies, then it's still... You're quite dangerous, but much more realistic uh-huh. of being able to not be as freaked out. But if it was one of those fast moving zombies, like 29 days, oh, I yeah. mean, that would be like, you wouldn't want to be in the woods at all like no. that because they move so quickly and they don't worry about being, you know, smacked in the face with branches and stuff like that. Whereas True. if you're trying to run from them, oh my God. Right. <laughs> yes. yes. And for tips on that, please consult the uh, herbalism, herbalism for, for the, the zombie, zombie apocalypse. apocalypse. <laughs> Yes, thanks for writing that primer, Candace. That was great. <laughs> nice segue. Nice segue. Yeah. Well, I was in the woods this weekend for a mushroom festival mm-hmm. and took a great mushroom walk with this uh, gentleman who's in charge of the Cascade Mycological Society here. And was he was pointing out all these fabulous little mushrooms and lichens around the way. And then when it was my turn to give the walk, 
uh, there had been a walk in between. And I was like, oh, great. I can tag on this one and this one. And when I came through, they were gone. Oh, my God. But someone had picked the mushrooms? Someone picked picked them. them. I mean, I'm sure that the the teacher in between the two of us had probably pointed them out. Their uh, cat's tongue, you know, the jellied cat's Uh tongue, which is – it's white. Right. On a yeah. dark log, you know, right. kind it's, of obvious. You're not going to miss that. Right. I could understand where that one went, but some of the other ones had just been walked all over. Oh. It's because people didn't notice. And the crowds were pretty intense. Yeah, the Mushroom Fest gets really crowded even when it's pouring rain. Yeah, and they're not staying on the trail. No. So everyone No, that thinks, would be a case where staying on the trail is really, you need to. Yes. I mean, yes it's one please. thing to get off the trail when you're the only ones in the woods and it's like way far out. But, right. But we always think of ourselves as this footprint is the only footprint. This is the only thing I'm leaving is this one footprint. And it's it just isn't that way. Right. When I was in college, there was a group that taught about how to go do, I can't remember the name of what they call that, zero influence camping. Oh, yeah. hmm. Remember the ones they would go, one of the trips they did over spring break each year was to the Colorado River yeah. Valley. Yeah, I just remember the name of the group. I just don't remember much about it. Oh, it was, it was a while wasn't ago. it zero? It was Wooda Wooch. Yeah, Wooda, the Wooda Wooch group did. The Wooda Wooch. <laughs> <laughs> That's catchy. Nobody remembered it. They taught everything from, I mean, they would take small groups, you know, like under 10, fewer than 10 people. Mm-hmm. They'd camp, you know, backpack in, carry everything out, including urine, feces, everything. They swept the trails to make sure that their footprints were not left behind. So every, they were really, really into blending into the environment and getting out without disturbing. Yeah. It was, that made a huge impact on me, although I can't say that I've actually followed the Wooda Wooch path in my life. Well, the festival goers that I was with, they were really excited about being there and they didn't Mm -hmm. follow it at all. And in my group alone, I had probably 60 people. Oh, God, yeah. So how yeah. do you... Yeah, you're moving you 60 can't. people to the woods, you, you kind of need to stay on the trail. Yeah, and we did. And I was like walking over to see, okay, hold on. I'm going to see. I think there's some turkey tail over here. And there was a few bits, but a lot of them picked off. Left. There was a log that had some baby turkey tail that just looked Aww. like black smudge, bumpy smudge mm. on it. Aww. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to grab this and show. Gone. It was just gone. gone. Oh, man. Frustrating. It was very frustrating. So, so you got stuck talking about bark and herbs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, there's lichen, you yeah. know, dripping around, and and we talked a little about that moment about how I had these great plants that I wanted to talk about, and some of them were pretty fragile, and now they are gone. Right. And that's it's been an hour. Right. Since so, you saw them last. Yes. Yeah. So a little bit about that impact, and I think that's something that my 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 mom was always really good about sharing is is you know don't litter and and be respectful right. for where you are and that was the that's a piece that i really feel like uh she she was good at reinforcing you right. know, when i was growing up there's all these don't be a litter bug and right be yeah a, take, give a hoot don't pollute you know that yeah, kind of yeah, yeah that but kind of only stuff. you can prevent forest that's players. right yeah yeah <laughs> Smokey the Bear had a good point, but he was kind of a yeah. a negative Nancy, I guess. Well, you know, <laughs> and he wasn't entirely accurate. I mean, forest fires do start on their own, too. That's true. But, but humans, I probably are the worst culprits. Yeah. And, <laughs> and those, we create the environments that do. allow forest fires 
to happen because we don't allow natural burns to happen. Right. And we're, the, we're, those were commercials for humans. We don't know yeah. what he did for the lightning gods. We he have might no have. idea. Yeah, he, he might have been, been totally others. different for them. We he was probably like, yeah, guys, go. Yep, it's probably. Only you can start forest <laughs> fires. Or, I'm talking to you, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, that makes me think about, too, the safety. There was a time when we were out in the woods and we were mushrooming with a small group of us. It was Mm -hmm. our family and one other small family. Mm -hmm. And two of the members of our group, not my family, Mm -hmm. got lost. And we're lost for, what was it, like three hours? Oh, yeah, it was, it was, that's it was a spooky a good, time. It was enough time that the, that the, the partners, the wife was freaking out. Oh, my God. That it was makes a husband sense. and kid. And yeah. they, they know we couldn't find them and they weren't answering and they were gone for and we didn't We knew where they started, yeah. right, but we didn't know where they ended. Oh, right. that and, is spooky. Yeah, that's it spooky. was. And we, it was, she wanted to, you know, here's an example of, you know, freaking out in a, in a circumstance. She, she mm-hmm. wanted to leave the, where we were at and run all over the place. And I'm like, no, people have to stay here. Yeah, that's yeah. how you lose another member. Right. You, yeah, everyone exactly. stays here. I'll go with the truck and I'll go down the roads. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'll honk and I'll see if I can, you know. Yeah, she wanted us to yeah. all start like driving around. Right. No, no, and no, we're like, no. 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 You, you have to have a... Base they're, camp they're, they're, they're trying to find camp. this spot. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're trying to find their way back to base camp, which is where the car was parked. Mm-hmm. So no, the car has to stay where it's at. Because right. if they get back here and we're gone, they're, they're going to really be even more screwed. lost because yeah. they won't know that here is where they're supposed to be. Right. They'll think that they missed it again and they'll yeah. go back off into the woods again. All right. Bring them yeah. up. That's what we did. We have a topo map. And so when we looked at that and we said, okay, this is where we are. This is where they went. They must have hit this road. Mm-hmm. They have to have hit this road because they went up that far. They mm-hmm. had to have hit the road. Yeah. So we um, – that's what we I used and I, I did find them. But when I did finally find them, you know, and he said that, you know, the honking was fine. But because of the way our hills are, they're all jet, you know, different angles. He said we can never tell where the horn was coming from. Oh. Because it was banking off of this and then they'd hear yeah. over here. And then oh, jeez. You know. Yeah, and, welcome to my and world. Then I, and he yeah. said that you got close once and then you stopped honking and you must have turned around. Um, and uh, he finally started leaving mushroom bags because he kept he, he kept mushrooming. Yeah, of course. So he so finally he was leaving plastic bags, and I, and I saw one finally. Oh, and cool. I was like, okay, that's okay. I know that's, that's the bag. Yeah, so I, and then I knew it was on the right path, so I finally right. would find them. Mm-hmm. But you know, that's that whole thing of just staying with your group. And being cognizant of everybody that's there and, and, and communicating and recognizing your own skills in the woods. I mean, yeah. you know, he, he should have been paying a little more attention to being cognizant of where he was. I mean, mm-hmm. I go venture from the car farther away, but not really that far, mm-hmm. you know, and I keep an eye on, there's always part of me keeping an eye on the direction that's the car or the road or a discernible landmark. Like there's a couple large stumps that I've gone in the woods that we go mushrooming by. And I recognize them now because I see them every single year. And I keep my eye on that stump every single year because mm-hmm. I recognize it. And I know if I get back to the stump that from there, I'll know which way to go to get back to the car because it's really not that far. Mm-hmm. So you have to really pay good attention. It's kind of like navigating in a city when you don't have a map, you don't have a cell phone or GPS or anything right. like that. You've never been to the city before. And you're just on foot walking around. Yeah. Don't use the Starbucks as your triangulation devices. There are a ton of them. (laughs) No, they're on like every fourth corner. So you lost. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so yeah, that's safety is really important. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can get lost easily, very easily. 
a friend of mine got lost by just going down a deer trail. Right. Yeah. We were lucky this time that they were only gone for a few hours. Uh-huh. I kind of had a feeling the whole time that it wasn't a really big deal, but I was watching the wife. She was like, oh my God. Yeah. You would have thought they were gone for three days already for after sure. the first well, hour. How old was their kid? That he it was had. early grade school. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. That's total I mean, panic mode. I completely mm-hmm. understand that. Yeah. Well, and I don't know. I mean, Patrick's done stuff like that and vanished for a while mm-hmm. with or without the child when we were younger. He was younger, but I always felt confident that he would like I would know when he's actually in trouble. Mm-hmm. And the few times that the guys have actually been in any real trouble, I do kind of know something's mm-hmm. not right. And then usually Patrick finds his way out of it. So right. he, he finds his way in and out of trouble fairly regularly. That's good. So. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> you know? but we don't, not everybody's got but, that kind of connection or yeah. that trust. I mean, that's yeah. part of what you're talking about is a trust. It is trust. Yeah. You're trusting the train and you're trusting, trusting the person everything. that you're with. And, and, woods and all when that. you got a kid too, mm-hmm. it, it'd be easier to get lost, I think, because you're monitoring the kid, looking for mushrooms. You're doing everything but watching a trail which doesn't exist right yeah and we were when i was when finn and i my son was with us mushrooming or in the woods and anytime we were younger he he had a strong sense that he needed to always be where we could see each other Mm -hmm. he might be far from me but he could always see me and i could always see him and if he even got like concerned that he can see me he'd shout out and, right and it was just sort of a natural thing for him mm-hmm. but most kids aren't like that well, yeah, i mean kids are totally you know, different. all kids are different well, my yeah my youngest is really good about staying close mm-hmm. um and then the my daughter she'll just yeah disappear. not so much she'll so. just disappear yeah she's like she's a got this idea she, she's fine everyone's lost but me yeah, yeah. Like, oh, <laughs> where are you? i'm happy yeah this is yeah. beautiful out here i'm yeah. just having a great time right yeah. Oh, yeah. So yeah, safety in the woods is important. Staying on the trail, particularly when you're in like national park settings mm-hmm. or, you know, parks that are cared for. Mm-hmm. I mean, we go off the trail, but we're in the middle of BLM land and logging land where we have like public logging land where we right. know we have the right to be, but it's there low. is no trail. There's no trail and there's yeah. very few people. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, and it's not. And wearing when you're wildcrafting either mushrooms or, or anything. Uh, yeah, anything, then making sure you're wearing clothes that distinguish you from... Yeah, it is wise, especially in the fall, in most areas, to be wearing blaze orange yes. or other bright colors that yes. look really different from your surroundings. Yeah, because the other moving mammal in that area is something that you can shoot. Right. You don't want that to be you. So right. When we were mushrooming, uh, uh, Leslie had a, like a bright orange Yeah, vest. yeah. Was, bless you. <laughs> I keep forgetting to bring that, but yeah, I'm giving advice that I rarely take for myself i know, I I know like right i know I need to get a good colored cap the only yeah. place i've ever seen hunters is on the coast when we've gone out there towards um thanksgiving mm-hmm. then i'll see elk hunters but that's the only time i've ever seen anyone in the woods certainly when you go mushrooming anyway not just mm-hmm. saying that they're not right. there i just don't see them but right. back yeah. where we grew up oh yeah you would, you would, see, would never you would go in the never woods anywhere without blaze yeah. orange on yeah, yeah. Even in woods near the city, yeah. you don't. Yeah, especially yeah. in woods near the city too, because deer seasons were open in the surrounding areas for archery. Yeah, you know, and yeah, I mean, even if you always. were on your own land, I mean, we knew people that had large amounts of land out there, and they had the no trespassing signs and right. no hunting signs, and even there, it was not safe to not be oh, wearing no. orange. Poachers are all over the place. Yeah. yeah, the time when I I last remember seeing hunters walking around was in elderberry season. Yeah. And that wasn't really hunting season. 
Right. Yeah. (laughs) Right. So you can't, you can't never know. Yeah. You never know. Fortunately, we were, we were close to the road and they were just driving by with their truck and their ill, ill gotten gains. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Yeah. So yeah, safety. And, uh, I think that the ID, the ID thing is the huge, the most, the biggest thing for people. That's a big safety issue, making sure that you're IDing positively what you have. Yes. Not yeah. just for mushrooms. I mean, for we, anything that you're, you're, you're gathering. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. The mushroom ones are, those stories are easy to share right. because it, it ends horribly. Right. And they end up in the news a lot. But right. I've yeah. known other people that have gone out and they've gotten the herb that they thought was it and they're processing. And then mid process, like, wait, is that. Oh right. yeah, <laughs> oh, we, did, we did that with mushrooms. Yeah, yeah we we, we, we thought we had the the gold mine of these of this certain mushroom. I think we thought they were candy caps. Yeah, but they weren't. They were they red were, hot and milk they were red caps. hot milk caps. And you know, we were brought them home. We had baskets of them, and we 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 started. We sat down to properly ID again. Like, hey, wait a second. Then we bit a we bit off. You're supposed to bite off a little bit and taste it. Uh-huh. Yeah, tiny. and I was like, oh, this is super peppery. This isn't a candy cap. <laughs> Oh, very disappointing. Oh, baskets are no good on no. the compost. <laughs> although, although after having identified them that way once, we will never know. Oh, you never make that mistake. And we always, again. we know candy caps now because yep. of misiding. You know, we had had like out of maybe 100 mushrooms, which is probably an exaggeration, maybe 50 mushrooms we brought back, three of them were candy caps that day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, oh, jeez. Yeah. No, but now we, know, yeah, but now now we, know we don't go, miss and, the candy and, caps. And we know where they're we at. And we, yeah, yeah, we know what they look like. And, Recognize them. And every year we have that issue with, with you know, mostly for us for collecting, it's always mushrooms. So we always have those ones that we're like, is this a zeller bleed? What, is, what kind of bleed is this? What is, because you just, you're not doing it frequently enough. Right. It's not like I'm in the woods every day. Well, right. there was the, the yeah. like what four years in a row where you brought death angels home to I know, ID them because they were so pretty. And I kept telling you, no, those are not good ones. Those are poisonous. I never remember the names of them, but I know this is good and that's not good. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm my Bobsha, to be they honest. They are beautiful. <laughs> they are such they beautiful are. mushrooms. They are beautiful mushrooms, but there's something about them. I see them and I know instantly they are really telling me quite clearly. Oh no, leave me alone. Yeah. Like I'm. I, I respect you. Let's. I walk away. I'm not even gonna. Just gonna walk away from this area because it's your territory. <laughs> so is your grandmother from Poland? Yes. Well, she was born in America, mm-hmm. but then she um, went to Poland when she was like three and was raised by, I believe it was an aunt and uncle or a close family relation. Mm-hmm. So she spent 16 years there, and then she moved back to America. And the family story is she got out just before the Nazis invaded her village and bombs started dropping. Oh, geez. Which would have been pretty close, actually. She lived very close to um, Krakow. Yeah. Auschwitz, right? Is there? Krakow. Mm-hmm. They're not the same, right? They're, I don't know why I keep well, thinking. Well, Auschwitz and Krakow were both, were both concentration camp. Right, camps. but they're two different places. Yes, and she was close to Krakow. So she was like within 20 miles of it, her mm-hmm. village was. And so she came to America and then spent the rest of her life here. Mm-hmm. And they would go mushrooming in the woods in the Detroit area, which was where her where she lived. Oh. Yeah. So they would they went. I know that my mom spoke of mushrooming as a youngster with her parents. Mm-hmm. She didn't learn she learned she know knew 
Once she called Inkies, which we did not ever see in Minnesota, and so far I haven't identified for sure what an Inky is. Mm-hmm. And then there were Shaggies, which are actually Shaggy Mains. Oh, okay. And in where I grew up in Minnesota, our neighbor's lawn every other year or so would sprout Shaggies. And my mm-hmm. mom would make me go and knock on the late neighbor's door and ask permission to pick her mushrooms. And she would nice. laugh every single year. Every time I did it, she would laugh. And she's like, you know you don't have to ask. And like, my mom said <laughs> I have to ask. I'm so embarrassed. Yeah. And then I would go pick her mushrooms mm-hmm. and then good. we would have them and they were really good. Nice. So, See, that's yeah. another good ancestral thing to is always ask. Yes, always it ask. is. Yeah. And it is good to ask permission even in the woods of the woods. Sure. I have found that I am far more likely to find like chanterelles or whichever mushrooms I'm looking for mm-hmm. when I ask permission and I say, thank you. Mm-hmm. And as I'm going through the woods, the words and the thought of thank you are just repeating over and over and over. And anytime I notice you know how sometimes you're in the woods and you have some little song or some thought <laughs> from the city and your normal life that just pops up and it starts to play. Mm-hmm. As soon as I notice that, I'm like, no, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Mm-hmm. And it usually overwhelms whatever that other thought pattern was. And then I find more mushrooms. Nice. So as soon as I kick the city out of my head, mm-hmm. I find mushrooms. Now it's time for a Real Herbalism Radio sponsor break. Occupy Medical is free street reach integrated health clinic that demonstrates by example that healthcare really is a human right. We're an all-volunteer clinic of doctors, nurses, herbalists, and others working together to heal the community. What kind of donations are you guys looking for? We need vitamins, herbs, socks, toothbrushes, and, of course, good old-fashioned money. You can find a complete list of our needs and contact information at occupy-medical.org. Occupy Medical is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. Yeah, I'm, I'm taking a class with Howie. As Columbine School of Botanical Medicines right now, and his yes, I'm jealous. Actually, I really wish I was taking that class too. I yeah. so want it. But... He's going to be teaching it for years. So. Yeah, I, I've yeah. heard a lot of people. I know a lot of people have taken it. It was the it's a physical assessment class. Yeah, and uh, it includes I was things like like, like oh, tongue diagnosis and all exactly. that. Exactly. Right? Yeah, yes. that's I so want to yeah. learn that. I yeah. so want to learn yeah. that. Yeah, he's he'll be teaching it for years to come. But yeah, I had the same thing. Like I want to learn. Now mm-hmm. I finally oh finally have our class but that's the thing that he's really focusing on is you ask permission before Mm -hmm. you know they come in for an appointment to talk with you as an herbalist but you ask permission before touching someone or putting your hands in their space or anything you you know you need to make sure that they know their body is their own and Mm -hmm. you know ask at lead with a question don't lead with an assumption and that's the same thing that the body is the is the earth body And you're leading with your question. Yeah, it's the same thing with animals, too. When I do animal communication, I always ask for permission. I don't always ask it aloud so the humans around me hear. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I'm just asking the animal I'm going to be communicating with for permission to communicate. Is it okay if we do this? Right. Because if you don't want to be a part of this, I don't care what your human says. Mm -hmm. You know, the humans, we have our own agendas. But, you know, if... If I'm going to talk to cat, Fred the cat and he's like, no, I don't care what my person says. This is what I want to do and I'm going to be who I'm going to be and mm-hmm. pff, I'm not in this conversation. Right. Then I'm not going to talk to the paw. Yeah, exactly. If I get, <laughs> and I do occasionally. Sometimes I get that kind of response from animals and I'm like, okay, it's cool. Mm-hmm. You know, I respect that. Mm-hmm. So then I have the conversation with the human about how, well, you know, you're going to have to Figure this out perhaps on your own because I think you've got a little mountain there and it's not going to change. So, mm-hmm. 
Perhaps yeah. you need to change your expectations. Yes, that's true. That's a very good point. Uh, well, one of the things that Anna talked about was uh, her first plant, mm-hmm. her first herbal plant. Do you do you remember what yours was that you first was like, this is medicine? Oh. Yeah, you know, it's maybe Yarrow was the first one where I heard stories from Dawn, who was my teacher and mentor at the time. And she was talking about, you know, ways that she had used yarrow to do what at the time to me sounded like miraculous healing. Although now I'm like, oh, yeah, yarrow can totally do that. Mm. But at the time I was like, oh, my God. So there was a friend of hers who also worked. She was a she was an RN and an herbalist. And she worked, I believe it was in a hospital with an emergency room. And it was like an emergency room tech guy or person. I'm not sure what nurse or whatever his job was Mm -hmm. and he was coming over on his motorcycle to visit her and had an accident on the way over Mm -hmm. and so he had scraped up his leg really bad so he had all these like gravel and stuff in his leg and i think it was his leg and anyway he got to her house and he's like i'm not going to the er if i don't have to what can you do for me Mm -hmm. and so she got the yarrow out of the garden and chopped it up and over the course of the next I want to say it was like two hours or something like that. Maybe Mm -hmm. it was four hours. They slowly extracted all of the gravel and bits of glass and all the crud that had embedded itself in his leg with the yarrow. And I believe it was just yarrow, but Mm -hmm. I, you know, don't quote me on that. Don If you're out there, please don't. But yeah, and and he, he knew from experience, his own experience in the emergency room, of you know being on the the caregiving side that had he gone in there it would have been easily an hour or two of waiting for them to slowly painfully pick out all those little yes. pieces yeah you put some saline on watch it rise and then pick it out that's yeah ugh. And he said, so, I mean, that was, to me, that sounded like miraculous healing. And now I'm like, oh, yeah, that's that's something Yarrow could totally do. Yes. I totally get that. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Especially yeah. Dawn's Yarrow, too. Oh, yeah. It's really powerful it's stuff. Really potent. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We, we get that sometimes. People come in with a splinter and like, can you pull it out for me? Do you really want me to pull that out? There's yeah. another option. I mean, you can if it's really, really deep in there, but you yeah. just get a good astringent on it. Yeah. Yeah. Eh, you don't have to do it that way. No, <laughs> there's better ways. How about you? What was your first? Um, I think that my first really was witch hazel, just as a, mm. it was all, my grandmother always put witch hazel on everything. Yeah. And mm. it was the, like when I asked her uh, about it, she was telling me that it was a, uh, it was from a tree. Like right. this is from a tree. This this, this is liquid. From a tree. This white, this clear <laughs> yeah. liquid is from a tree. Okay, Grandma. Yeah. yeah. She says, "Oh yeah, yeah. You got to watch it too. It'll take your eye out." So okay, take your eye out. But she said because uh, in the fall, I think it is. That's when it pops. The seeds pop. And I've mm. been I've been hiking along when the a witch hazel has been popping, and it, oh, it, wow. it I could see. How it would take your eye because they just shoot right out of there. <laughs> like there's actual sounds and what am I getting hit with here? And like, oh, oh my it's God, the, tree. the tree's throwing things at me. Yeah, but I'm like, yeah, every, everything will take your eye out. Thanks, Grandma. But now this one actually, okay, I get you. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So. How about you, Patrick? Do you have a. Well, I was trying to think of that. And I think for me, um, when you said Yarrow, I think that was the first one that I, I believed you on. 
Yeah, because well, yeah, because I think that was the one that you know when Finnan had um, mm-hmm. our son had banged his head into the corner. We saw the story before. He was four. Yeah, and he was running, and he jumped, and he didn't. His body's momentum carried him forward, and he didn't expect that part of it. Oh yeah. yes, the yeah. momentum part of it. Right. Yeah. Yes. And, yeah, he, and he, yeah, and he caught his forehead on the corner of the clock. Oh, of yeah. grandfather clock on the molding. Yeah. And Candy said, "No, no, I got this." I'm like, "No, we're going, and you're just oh is where we're going." He's going to get stitches. That was yeah. a big fight. Yeah. And, and Candace, <laughs> no, she's, she you know, did this whole Yarrow Polstice thing and I watched it. I'm like, oh. Yeah. You were like, you have 10 minutes. You have, yeah. You have 10 <laughs> minutes. Make this work. <laughs> and, uh, Brains could be yeah, If not, I'm, I'm, I'm taking your son and we're going. Uh-huh. And, and, uh, and after, you know, the 10 minutes, uh, there it was. Yeah. Uh, the you, bleeding, I, I, had, the bleeding had subsided. It, it, everything had was done. And, 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 and I remember the I remember the wound because it pushed the skin in. Mm-hmm. It was like an indented, yeah, puncture, it was puncture right? Mm-hmm. Well, after this, did it come out? Yeah, you know, it almost so the the scar was very minimal. Now I I think you'd be hard pressed to find where that was. Right at this right. point in his life, and he's fourteen now. So, um, which I think is funny because I can still see the scar from his birth, the day that they when he was born, they used tongs, if you will. To oh, pull. right, sure. And he has a yeah. little. Little scar here that's never completely healed. Uh-huh. Now they would have yeah. had Yarrow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I think Yarrow was yeah. the, when I first became a firm believer, mm-hmm. if you will. Yeah. But I've always had an affinity for hops. So I guess hops were always something. But I never thought of it in an herbal sense before. Right. Dandelion, I think. Um, well, dandelion was always one of those plants that you have to take it out of the yard for me. That was always one that was always that was way. Always weird. weird brewing with it. Well, yeah, yeah. but I, when we talk about <laughs> first plans, first things, you know, yeah. things that you're, you know, almost like you, it's my first time, right? Know, yeah, sure. Right. Um, I'm sure there's another story that I have when I was a kid, but I can't think of anything yeah. at the moment. But. The only one, other one I can think of is cayenne, like mm. putting, you know, you got a snotty nose, and like, well, you take a spoonful of salsa. Oh my god, <laughs> it worked. Took I the snot right out of there. I, I will tell you what. <laughs> And just okay. making that, that was a oh. pretty obvious connection. Yeah, like, that just. Oh, yep. Yeah. Yes. That I works. Need, I need, <laughs> don't need a tissue. I need a sheet. <laughs> right. Like being of the age where I suddenly, the connection, like, oh, oh. that's not just for fun and culinary. Right. That, who, yeah. that can be effectively used. It is yeah. interesting, though, when we think about um, our parents and then their grandparents. I mean, my mom's mom and uh, my dad's mom. They knew all of that they folk remedy things. stuff. Mm-hmm. They knew all this stuff because they had learned it from their moms. And yeah. Dads, right? right. And then my parents were like the first parents to eschew all of that. Right. Yeah. yeah know, the no canning. Right. You know, no yeah. preserving, no drying. No, we're just going to buy it. We're not going to – and the drugs, we'll just go get it. We'll just go right. to the drugstore and get the drug that you need, not yeah. you know, harvest the dandelions from our yard and do something with them. Right. right. So I, there's this gap almost, and it's and I think our generation, Candace and I, and, and yourself, mm-hmm. we're pulling back to. You know, to and I think that's that. why maybe when Rosemary started, that was maybe she was answering to that 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 loss, you know, mm-hmm. that generational gap. Yeah, there's that gap yeah. of of knowledge that was being missed. Definitely for the canning and stuff. My my mom, uh, she was one of the diehards, and it's just because of poverty. You know, mm-hmm. She can't because that's how you feed your family, and that right. was. But people around her, they weren't really doing that. 
Right. They definitely were. They're like, oh, you'll die of botulism. So a lot of people did die of botulism. Right. Canning was done badly for a long time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, it's the, the funny thing is even that now there's the, I, I'll get that from people. Oh, you can? I'm like, oh, yeah. And, and what about the botulism? So what about it? It's never reared its head. I mean, yeah. we do what you're supposed to do. Right? He's a great guy. lives next door. Yeah. The botulism. Oh, yeah. Okay. Botulism guy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. But yeah, it's, that's a real thing. There are a lot oh, of yeah, people died of it. was one of food poisoning. Yeah. It was a huge way to go. A serious problem, yeah. And then we found out more about it and and mm-hmm. we have spread the word. Right. So try not to kill your family. Yeah. There's, there's the, there's the well, takeaway most moment. most of your family. <laughs> nice. It's those few individuals. You know. <laughs> yeah. Well, we've got quite a few little pieces to that we're throwing as links onto our website for for this. And we really uh, appreciate communication. Uh, we've had a lot lately. We've had yeah. Instagram people using our hashtag. Oh, I love that. Yeah, we had a new one. That did, that we saw just the other day. It was the uh, one to help with menstrual cramps. I yes. believe it was. It was raspberry leaf yes. and chamomile, and yes. a nice little blend. It's a beautiful little one. Yeah. And if you're yeah. on our newsletter, you got to see that. That's right. So you probably want to go over to the Practical Herbalist, sign up for Practical Herbalism today, which is our newsletter. Yep. And uh, especially if you're on Instagram, start posting some of your herbal adventures to the hashtag The Practical Herbalist. Yeah. We'd love to share that with our readers. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't have necessarily thought of putting chamomile in to help with cramping. But it's a really good idea because chamomile is soothing to the stomach and the digestive system. And cramps really upset that. They do. And those and raspberry leaf has some of the similar things. It just tends to go further down. So now you're, you're... Extending the, whole the system, yeah, the whole system. It makes yeah. sense, and see, that's the cool thing about those that. kind of conversations. Is you're like, oh yes. yeah, that would, there you go. Yes, yes, that's pretty cool. Yeah, we also have Facebook. We've had a lot of people asking questions or just uh, checking out our Facebook checking and sharing. sharing. Lots oh, of I shares. love that. I love to see people sharing, especially sharing the the stories that we're posting for, like the newsletter and the. Um, when we post the shows, right? We post our shows and up they there. just share, and that makes that. me feel really good. Like, yes. yes, let's get the education about how to safely and effectively use herbal medicine and homesteading techniques out there. Oh yeah, and I love they they like what we're doing. They do. Don't I know people like what I'm doing. I'm no longer the oddball. Well, well yeah, a little yeah. bit, but not okay. as bad. We can pretend better now. <laughs> That's the important thing. <laughs> yeah, the uh, please remember that we. Uh, have a way to support us on Podbean. Yes, you can sign up for Podbean, be a sponsor. We love our sponsors. Yes, yeah, it makes doing what we're doing a lot easier. And with every time we get more sponsors and more support, then there's more stuff that we get to do. Yes, and please share positive comments and positive reviews for us on our for our, on our iTunes. I know iTunes does it. Right. Patrick, aren't there, does Podbean allow you to share reviews? Yeah, any of the distributors that we use, yeah. which are those Podbean, Stitcher, mm-hmm. iTunes, they allow you to do comments. So wherever you listen to uh, Real Earlism Radio, leave a comment. Yeah, please do. That yeah. would be so awesome. That will help share the word and get other people interested in listening. And our, our e-books, we really appreciate the reviews that Amazon has available 
just put yeah, a little we've got comment. Some, we've got some fantastic reviews on some of our herbal, herbal folios. That yeah. feels so great. Yeah. Thank you so much to everyone who reviews those. Yeah, it's inspiring to us because we think, oh, okay, well, maybe we should write another one. You know, <laughs> The print books. The print, oh, I God, swear. I know. I know. <laughs> I need to get those into print. All right. They're coming. Yep. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Anything else would be Twitter as well. Yep. Twitter's a good yep. one. That's so, Twitter. but... We really appreciate the support we've had this year and support the people that we talk to because they're mm-hmm. wonderful as yeah. well. They're gracious enough to come in here and, yeah, and, and share their chat wisdom and, and share their wisdom with us and you. Yeah. So thank you very much. Herbalism 101. This is part of the show where Sue and Candace answer a listener question or teach you about an herbal definition or term covering basic to advanced herbal knowledge. If you would like the dirt on herbs, herbalism, or anything else related, you can send your question using our simple contact form at realherbalismradio.com slash herbalism101. If we choose your question for the show, we will send you a free PDF ebook, Natural Nutrition by the Practical Herbalist, currently available for $4.99 at the Practical Herbalist store. Here's Candace and Sue to discuss this show's Herbalism 101 topic. Today's question comes from Melissa M. Melissa asks, Good morning. I hope you and your team are well. I have a question and could not find where on your website to submit, so I apologize if this is not the proper format. I have a very large quantity of jack-o'-lantern mushrooms that pop up every fall in one place. In the spring, in that same area, is where my nettles grow. How far, if any, of a birth should I give this colony of poisonous mushrooms when harvesting my nettle? I really enjoy your show, even though iTunes messed everything up. Now I listen on your website. Thank you for the great information and support from you and your team. Melissa. Oh, well, Sue, that's Candace. A, that's yeah. a lovely question. Yes. And we also are <laughs> full of iTunes for messing things up. Uh, but it is a nice, but it's all but rectified. It's, yeah, fixed. it's all fixed. <laughs> and, you know, there was a really nice, warm, heartfelt comment. Yeah, I know. That's so, cool. But the the... Basic question is, will her mushrooms that are poisonous affect her non-poisonous nettle herb in different Mm -hmm. seasons? Right. And my first instinct when I read it was, no, no problem. You'll be fine. In part because the mushrooms are in the fall and the herb is in the spring, but also in part because my understanding of how mushrooms work is that the mushrooms constituents, if you will, will not migrate to surrounding plants, flora, whatever. So to confirm that. How did you confirm it, Candace? I contacted Peter McCoy of oh. Radical Mycology fame. Oh, Didn't, yes. He has a book too, doesn't yes. he? <laughs> I, yes. I, do, I do recall. <laughs> he has a book. His wonderful book called Radical Mycology, which I had in fact actually read shortly before I got this question. So mm. I had just finished reading it. Which was part of why I felt so very confident and thought perhaps I should confirm just to be positive. Education inspires confidence, doesn't it? It does, surprisingly. You consulted an expert. I consulted an expert. All right. So what does Mr. Peter 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 McCoy (laughs) have to say about poisonous mushrooms? Peter said, and I quote, the answer is pretty straightforward. Mushrooms do not pass their poisons on to nearby plants. The only way to get a mushroom poisoning is to eat a poisonous mushroom, end quote. Yes. So if you were to even dig up the nettle and the roots, let's say your nettle, you decided you wanted to harvest nettle roots, you're going to be fine. Just make sure you clean them off real well so there's no 
physical bits that you can see. Like the mycelium hanging off of it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which you'd want off anyway because you don't want to tincture the mycelium from the – you don't want dirt in your tincture. Right. Or whatever you're making, you know, so. Yeah, clean your stuff, people. Come on. Sounds like an herbal country song. You don't want dirt in your tincture. There's a mycelium (laughs) in my tincture. (laughs) (laughs) Must be Friday afternoon recording this. What I think she's thinking about is bioremediation of the transference. There are some mushrooms that trans they grow they in really toxic. Yeah, they soak stuff up yeah. and transform it. Yeah, and some of them just soak it up. Yeah, you know, some plants soak it up. Like sunflowers will soak up the radiation. Right, and then you should not eat those don't sunflowers. Eat Please do not. But yeah. from so what I've heard, Chernobyl, like, yeah. But from what I've heard, like from the oyster mushrooms that they use for bioremediation, those are edible afterward. Yeah, yeah, that's what Which I heard. Which is too. amazing. Like an oil spill. Yeah. You, they soak up all that oil and the sawdust and the oyster mushrooms. They put the spores on it and then they're edible. Yeah. They they transfer it. They trans somehow manage to transform amazing. that massive amount of toxin into okay. The truly <laughs> magical <laughs> mushrooms. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So confidence to you, Melissa. Yes. Keep harvesting that wonderful nettle from your favorite nettle patch and keep enjoying observing the beautiful jack-o'-lantern mushrooms go into the woods at night sometime with a flashlight and watch the jack-o'-lanterns glow in the dark. That's so cool. It is glowing cool. in the dark. This show is brought to you by Occupy Medical, free integrated health care for all Sundays 12 to 4 in downtown Eugene, Oregon. Visit their site at occupy-medical.org.